Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. It looked like tar and it was wrapped in aluminum foil and he had a scale and he had like he would cut little pieces off of it and weigh it and sell it off of our dining room table. So that's how they started selling drugs off of our table. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you. My mom left me with a neighbor when I was one, and my dad was shot when I was eight. After my dad died, I lived with my stepmother for a while, then lived with my bio mom, and she sold drugs off our dining room table. I finally ended up living with my dad's sister. Um, start off with, my dad was in the Navy. He was yeah. from Texas. My mom was from Pennsylvania somewhere. And I don't even know where they met, but they had lived in Connecticut for a little while, and they had my older sister, and then they lived... When I was born, we lived in Virginia, and... Um, my mom was, I think she was 19 when my sister was born, and she was 21 when I was born. And she just kind of decided that being a mom wasn't fun. And so she left us with um, our neighbor. And my dad was out on a submarine in the middle of the ocean, and so he couldn't get right back to take care of us. So my grandfather had to drive from Texas to Virginia to pick us up and take us back to Texas where he was where he was living. This was your dad's parents or your mom's parents? Yes, my dad's parents. My dad's parents. And my mom was adopted. So my mom had a lot of uh issues yeah. with being adopted and didn't relate to her family and kind of separated herself from her family. A lot of identity issues. Yeah. Yeah, she had a lot of identity issues. And I think that she had this ideal of being a mom and like that being a mom was going to make her like automatic family and that fix everything. We were going to fulfill her life or whatever. And then when she had two kids by 20, 21, she decided, Oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. So there's a three year age gap between you you and your sister. Um, no, she's a year and nine months older than me. So basically very bad at math. So she was only just about three when you guys were dropped by the neighbors. Is she still alive yes. today? She is. Yes. And what year would this have been? I mean, there's no it was, internet. Um, let's see. I was like, it was like 1970. Mm. I was born in 69. So it's like the next year. Got it. Yeah. Where did um, your mom go when she dropped you guys? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I think that uh, I can remember at one point she ended up in Germany for a little while. <sighs> and she was in Alabama with like around her, her parents had moved from Pennsylvania to Alabama. And so I think she was there for a little while. And then I don't really know what happened to her. I mean, it seems like she would like, I, I think we have some pictures maybe when I was about three of a Christmas together at her mom and dad's. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking she like dropped back in like 
periodically here and there. And I also have a picture of her at my grandparents in Texas when I was, I wasn't very old. Do you and your sister have the same bio father? Yes, we do. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so there's that consistency that you guys have the same yes. parent. Mm-hmm. And are you guys close or? Yes, we are close. That's good. We are close. We're like opposite types of people. She's very um, extroverted mm-hmm. and has never met a person that she doesn't absolutely, you know, like isn't her best friend as soon as she meets them. And I am a little bit more um, introverted and I only have a few close friends and I kind of keep everybody at bay. And um, so it's been a struggle for us to keep our relationship good, but I lived in close to her in Alaska for about seven years and we, oh, wow developed our relationship really well yeah um, sisters are it's such a complicated relationship because it's like the only person who went through Mm -hmm. what you went through with Mm -hmm. you and me and my sister are real opposites too she remembers things a little differently than I do as Mm -hmm. well like she she doesn't remember any any of the bad stuff hardly Mm -hmm. she remembered like she's we all coped sugar-coated almost everything yeah yeah so your grandparents come pick you up from where um, we were living in Norfolk, Virginia. Where did they drive from, though? They drove drove from Miles, Texas, which wow. is in West Texas. Kind of, it's by Abilene, kind of mm-hmm. in between Abilene know. and San Angel. Yeah. It's West Texas. And Just, they, no, it's they pick Texas. you up, they drive you back, and how long did you live with them? Um, I think we we probably lived with them for about a year at least. But, like, after a few months, my dad came back was released from the Navy and got back off the submarine and came and lived with us. And then I think we lived with him for, let's see, it may have been two years. Was your dad, when he got back under the assumption that like, or when he left that him and your mom were together and dating, like was, was he blindsided by her just leaving him? Yeah. They were married. They oh were married. They had been married for a couple of years. Yeah. So he had every assumption that. He was coming was, back to a family. Yeah. Yes. So you live with your grandparents, and then does your dad get a house for himself? I mean, I know the next part is him being shot at eight, but for that period. I believe that we we all lived with my grandparents for a while, and then when I was like five, he got married again to a woman that had two children of her own. So, Was there any legal divorces here, or was he just Mary, oh. Mary, Mary? <laughs> no, no, yeah, that he was divorced. Okay, yeah. so your mom signed yeah. divorce papers. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I I don't, I think that she was peripherally involved in things, but she just wasn't around, you know, like she lived somewhere else, but I think that she was still in contact with my dad. Yeah. We just didn't talk about that stuff. Yeah. So take us to eight, your dad getting shot. What, what happened? Um, okay. So, um, my dad was, was also a mechanic. He went to, to college and then he was trying to he had worked through college as a mechanic and he was trying to get a job where he didn't have to work so hard and made a little bit more money. So he went to Dairy Queen U, which was in Dallas. Did you say Dairy Queen U? Yeah. Dairy Queen University? Is yeah. that a thing? I've never heard of that. Yeah. I don't think it's a thing anymore, but it was a thing then. Um, what where was you learn it? how to be a, it's a man, you learn how to be a manager of a Dairy Queen. Oh my God. I know. That's it's wild. Crazy. That is wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We moved to from Texas to Oklahoma to um, so he could get his first store, and like so over the summer he had a store and he was with somebody, and then like in September they were or I guess it was August, it was August, 
um, he got his own store. Like it was a brand new store in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And he was the the manager and it was. And at this point just, it's him, you, a new wife. Okay. So sister. fourth wife. Fourth wife. <laughs> oh, we got rid yes. of the third. <laughs> yes. The third one, the third, okay. The third mom, the third wife was, uh, she had two kids of her own and she was rather jealous of our mine and my sister's relationship with our dad because mm-hmm. we were really close. Cause we like, it was just yeah. the three of us for a long time. And so that relationship was not a good relationship. And I think they were only married for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, but he ended up adopting one of her daughters. And wow. That's a whole nother story. Okay. So he met his fourth wife. I think it was probably six or so months before he's, he was going to, Dairy Queen U. She was from England and she was uh, an LPN or an LVN. I'm not sure. Like she was a nurse Mm -hmm. and she had two girls as well. We stayed with her or between her and my grandparents while he was doing his school stuff. And then over the summer, we moved to Muskogee, Oklahoma and he, she moved with us and they were, they actually got married on August 13th, probably somewhere in the middle of August, they got married. And that was in 77 because I was, I just turned eight in 77 and we moved into this beautiful two-story house and it was, was this fairy tale was coming true. He got his new store and it was brand new and beautiful. And then dad running an ice cream shop sounds like a great way to turn eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'd started third grade and Stacy started, my older sister started fifth grade. And I think that, um, our one stepsister was a year older than Stacy, and then the one the other one was a year younger than me, so they were we were all real close together. So it was Labor Day weekend. He had closed the store that night, and when he got home, we were all up watching the Jerry Lewis telethon. And we had this really cool little room that had a big area, and we like made a, a bed in the in this room where we could watch TV. And he came in at probably around midnight and told us that we should go to bed soon. It was getting late. And then uh, he had to go in the next morning and open up. And this was before they really had good safety measures on like peepholes and stuff in the back doors and things like that. To, so someone knocked on the back door and he assumed it was his assistant manager coming to open the Dairy Queen with him. And it wasn't. It was this this man and his girlfriend. And they took him back into the store and made him open the safe and give them the money. And he did everything that they told him to do. And they shot him anyway. How did you find that out? Um, we were all still uh, kind of passed out on the you know, watching the the Jerry Lewis telephone on. And I didn't see who came and told my stepmom, but she got us all together and set us down and just told us that something terrible had happened and, and that he'd been killed. You didn't see him after that, his body or anything? No, no. They had, they shot him. Oh, in the head? He, yeah, they couldn't have a cat. Yeah, they didn't have a casket. No. No. <sighs> what happened to the guys who shot him? They were caught. I don't know what happened to the girlfriend because I don't know that she necessarily, she may have testified against the boyfriend. That seems like the right thing. But 
the last I knew, he was still in jail in uh, in Texas. Did you ever think of visiting him? Um, like- you know, when I was younger, I thought maybe. If he had just killed my dad, he would be out of jail by now. He kept doing bad stuff in jail. And he never was good long enough to have parole. What? I've kind of lost yeah. track with him lately. I don't know what happened to him now. What happened to the store? It closed. I think they tried to keep it open for a little while, but... The Dairy like, Queen where someone was murdered? It doesn't really... Yeah, it's no. And it's brand well. new. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. So then you're there with your stepmom, her two kids, your sister. Mm-hmm. And where do you go from there? So we really didn't have a support network at all in um, Oklahoma because we just moved there. It was pretty amazing. The town where my dad had grown up, they um, put together some, like, got together some money. They raised like $8,000 for us just to put in a bank account for us to have maybe when we were older. So if you noticed in that timeline, my dad married my stepmom in August and he died in September. So they were only married for about three weeks before he died. Hmm. She so, went from being a single mom of two to a single mom widowed of mom of four. Yeah, widowed mom of four. Did she legally adopt you guys? Nope. <laughs> we stayed with her for that whole school year and she decided that she just couldn't take care of four kids yeah. on her own. So she somehow got in contact with our real mother, our biological mother. This is amazing and to me without internet in the 70s, that there was I this know. much, like, calling him up in the Navy. I don't know yeah. how that would have worked. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I don't know. So she gets in touch with uh, your mom. Yes. She gets in touch with my mom. Wild. Um, Where was your mom at this point? Like, Do you know? Was she in Germany? She lived in California. California. Oh, no, she's, she's in California. bopping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had actually joined the Navy. And she'd kind of gotten in, yeah, <laughs> she'd gotten in Shocked. trouble a little bit. She'd gotten in trouble, and, like, she'd gone AWOL for a little while. My grandparents weren't very in touch with her or connected to her, and they would not have approved of us going to live with her. And also, she wasn't allowed to be in San Angelo, which was the town that we were living in. She had gotten in trouble and had gotten arrested, and then she'd accused somebody of sexual assault or something like that in jail hmm. so she'd like use that to leverage herself out of jail and they told her yeah you can go but don't ever come back again if you come back again we're gonna arrest you again you'll go to jail okay and so she wasn't allowed to be there so she came in the middle of the night and picked us up in a van and packed all of our stuff up in this van and um we drove from texas to california and I can remember we put like a mattress in the back and we had like dressers and things, like different things. And I can remember we were driving down the road and she, um, and she like turned real sharp and the dresser like fell from the side, like on top of me, but it didn't fall on top of me because it couldn't, like there wasn't enough room for it to all the way fall, but I can remember it falling over mm. and it didn't hurt me, but it like, it scared me. Yeah. It's wild what we remember, and, like the weirdest memory. <laughs> I know. And it's like, that's the really the only thing that I can that really remember from that whole trip is, is that dresser almost falling on me. What, was that a loss for you losing your stepsisters? Like, were you guys close or was that not really a big deal? Like, have you stayed in touch with them? Have not stayed in touch with them. Okay. They just kind of slipped out of our lives and I don't, I don't, I really don't know what happened to them. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to 
be nine years old and, and trying to keep track of people that you're not in charge of keeping track of things. So you, it's hard for you. Totally. To, That's a good way to put it. To do that. So, so you moved to California really. with your mom. Where do you guys mm-hmm. go? She lived in San Diego and she had remarried. And actually I think it was like her third marriage too. She'd been married to someone else and gone to Germany with that person. And then they got divorced and she married this other person and he was in the Navy as well. And when we got there, he was out on a ship and my mom got out of the Navy because she got us and she was able to be discharged because she had us now. When we got to her house, I remember two things. First of all, she had two lizards that were the coolest. They were Chuck Walla lizards. And one of them's name was Chucky and one of them's name was Wally. And they were the coolest things. And she also had a roommate that was, she was probably 30 by then. And this girl was barely 20, I'd say. I feel like that it's likely this person was staying with my mom because she was somehow either supplying her with drugs or they were working together to get drugs or there was drugs involved Mm -hmm. in that situation. And she's actually the first person that she thought it would be really cute to get the kids high. So she gave my sister and I marijuana when I was nine. To smoke or to eat? Smoke. (laughs) It doesn't make it better either way. I don't really know why I asked that, but. (laughs) This was like 1978. I'm pretty sure there wasn't very much eating of, uh, I I don't know. She didn't like make gummies for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she didn't make gummies. That's so messed up. My mom, again, still was not very maternal. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember if she had a job or not. But like, she would just let us do whatever we wanted to do. Like. Did you have to go to school? Yeah, we went to school, but if it was raining or if we didn't want to, she wouldn't make us go. Mm -hmm. But we were enrolled in school. Mm -hmm. So probably four or five months after we moved in with my my mom, um, her husband came back from, I think he'd been in China. Was he like, what the fuck? Who are these kids? Or I think he knew that we were there. But see, my dad had been in the Navy and... They got money for us, like Social Security from my dad okay. for us. So we were lucrative to her. You had value money all of a sudden. Me. We had value, yes. That's so fucked up. Yeah. And also, you remember that $4,000 that... Um, yeah. Her car broke down or something, and she needed some money to get it fixed. She or used your... She talked us into signing it over, signing over like $1,000 from each of us. So that she could get her car fixed. And she gave us um, she gave us each $100 to spend. I was nine. My sister was 11. What do, what do nine and 11-year-olds need to spend $100 on? Was, anyway, so we bought lots of candy and bullshit like that. Do you have kids now? I do. I'm just mm-hmm. curious for the rest of the story. You know, this is, must be so interesting having had raised kids given that this was how you were raised, seeing it so differently from a mom's perspective now? I have I have been very lucky to have strong women in my life that have shown me how to be a mom because my, my dad's sister was always in the periphery of my life, and she's a very strong Well, yeah, at the end of your woman. submission is you end, you end up living right, with her. Right, right, yes. Well, so going back and, to the story for a second, because I, I want to get okay. to how you become such a strong woman, but I think I'm trying to stay better at being linear. How does she start becoming a drug dealer off the kitchen table? My stepdad came back from the, or somewhere in, in Asia 
somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, he brought back this big, huge uh, brick of hash. I can remember it. I can see it like in my head. It it looked like tar Mm -hmm. and it was wrapped in aluminum foil. And he had a scale and he had like, he would cut little pieces off of it and weigh it and sell it off of our dining room table to people. So that's how they started selling drugs off of our table. And I can, and I know I, I never ever saw any of the parties that happened in our house because my older sister would take us to the bedroom and shut the door and not let me out. Good. And so I never saw any, but I saw them selling drugs off of our kitchen table and I knew that stuff was going on, but I was more protected from it than I could have been. It could have been a lot worse. And did they stay together, your mom and him? Um, yes. As a matter of fact, when I was 15, they had another child. They, they had a child together, the two of them. And that was a mind fuck. I'm sure. Let me just tell you. Because when you're 15 years old and your mom's never really sure. showed up for me, never let me think that she wanted me in any way, shape, or form, um... And then she has another kid, and that that kid is like she's there for that kid. It's like fifteen. That's a that's a hard age. So you have a sibling that's fifteen years younger than you. Well, nope. I did. I did. Yeah. What happened to them? She killed herself. Oh my god. She was like twenty one. She killed herself. Were you close with her between zero and twenty one? Nope. I never met her. I never met her. Well, because, okay, so let's get to the place where I'm not with my mom anymore. So um, uh, when we go for Christmas to visit my grandparents and we're like, this may not really be a good place for us to go. And then we go back for the, the second semester of school. And then we go back for the summer to visit my grandparents in Texas. And we're like, this isn't good. This is bad. Selling drugs out of our living room. They're having drug parties every night. You tell your grandparents bad this. friends. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Your dad's parents. Yes. Yes. I mean, if they would have known that she was going to come and get us, they never would have let us go with her. But they they snuck around and my mom and my stepmom kind of negotiated the trade. It seems like I assume so. that's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. My grandparents were late like in their 60s and my grandpa had been sick pretty much since he since I was a baby. I think he got tetanus and had lockjaw and had to have like a tube in his stomach to feed him for a little while. And then he got over that. They weren't well enough to take care of us. And my grandma worked as a nurse. And so they had to figure out some place for us to go. And um, my aunt's husband, my dad's sister's husband, was the one that talked him into going to my dad. into going to Dairy Queen, a, yeah. Yes, Yes. So he felt a little bit guilty about everything that happened. And so they decided that they would take my, take Stacy and I. Did they have I children? Had, they had one child that was three. And then my aunt was pregnant with their second child. And so we moved in with them in the sun, like July of 79 because I was 10. Their children were my siblings. Yeah. I was very close to, to both of them. How long did you live there until you were 18? I lived there until I graduated from high school, and then I went to college, and I'd come home on the weekends because they owned Dairy Queens as well. As soon as I moved in with them, we started working at Dairy Queen and doing, helping them do stuff on the weekends, and 
And then I think when I was 14, I actually started getting paid to work. Before that, I had worked for free. God, that's traumatic, though, working at the (laughs) franchise where your dad was murdered. Yeah. It was always just a part of our life. Probably sounds worse than it actually was in that context. And you're a child, and you don't associate things like that. And also, like, as a child... You're just, I'm just trying to make the world make sense, you know? And so I'm just looking for like normal stuff when normal stuff was, okay, now I have some two people that care about me and I have a place I know I'm going to go home every night and I know that I'm going to have a bed. I'm going to have a, they're going to feed me and everything's going to be okay. And that they do love me. And so that was, that was like a major thing. Like, Did your mom put up a fight at all when your grandparents took you? No. No, she really had no leg to stand on because she had not taken good care of us at all. Yeah. And I don't have any idea how that conversation went because, again, I wasn't part of it at all. But as far as things go, um, I, I know that every year, usually a couple weeks after my birthday, she'd send me a card <laughs> that had her new phone, newest phone number on there. And, you know, once a year we'd talk for... 30 minutes or so, and she'd tell me what was new and all that. If my aunt and uncle had adopted us, we, would have, we wouldn't have been able to get the um, Social Security money from my dad. So it was a better idea for them to just be our guardians. So we were technically wards of the state of Oklahoma. And so every six months we had to go to court. That's probably one of the most dramatic things, is to go to court every six months and have them yell your mother's name out in the lobby to make sure that she's not there to because Claim she you. could have the she could have the the right to to Take you know you back. yeah yeah i don't think that we ever would have been anywhere but with them but as a child when i was little i could remember thinking or you know and i was when all this first started happening i could remember i could remember thinking this could all end. And I can remember thinking, like, what if she comes back? But then after a while, it, it that just wasn't even a thing because it was just, it got to be just a uh, matter of going to court every, but they literally had to come and get us out of school and take us. And we, we had to be present every six months to go to court to make sure that we were in the right placement with our aunt, my aunt and uncle. So when you're 15 there... Did you, was that how you found out was through a mom phone call once a year that she was having another child or how did that go down? You know, I don't really remember. It's one of those things that just happened. I just, I don't know. We just knew there was like a new, a whole new abandonment thing right there. That was, that was pretty traumatic and terrible, but then, I mean, it didn't turn out any better for her. And so I know as a grown up person that I had no reason to be upset about that because she didn't have it better than me she wasn't a better kid than me logically that's easy able to see but emotionally that's still it's just like a slap it was just another reason why i wasn't good enough yeah exactly you know it was kind of terrible so (laughs) i get the next point plot point that i know here is that your sister who you never met kills herself but you have your own Mm -hmm. narrative in here so yeah so we moved in with my aunt and uncle and we you know, we went to school in a little bitty town in Oklahoma. We've got these this little baby and this little little three year old, and that's all pretty wonderful. And we start school. And when I started fifth grade, 
at this school. If you haven't realized this, that I've probably gone to like since first kindergarten, I've gone to like four schools. And so I'd kind of fallen through the cracks and I really didn't know how to read when I started fifth grade. So they um, tested me and found out that I read like on a first grade level. And so I got to go to reading lab. That was lots of fun and learn how to read. And I, you know, I actually did learn how to read, but I, I, I'm not, I don't read really super fast, but I comprehend really well. Mm -hmm. So that's how we did that. And, um, let's see, my sister, after she graduated from high school, she met a boy and my uncle didn't approve of him. And so my uncle pretty much told her you either, also she started going to college and she felt like she should be able to have like different rules. Like she shouldn't be, have to be home at nine o'clock and she shouldn't be under his thumb. He was really super strict because he felt like we had been let to run wild yeah. for a while. So we needed to be like from no structure from. to a ton of structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was 18 years old and really felt like that she was in college and that she was grown and she should have a little bit more freedom than she had. He didn't agree with her. So he basically told her, well, you can either live by my rules or you can move out. So she decided that she was going to move out. She moved in with her boyfriend, and he wasn't a great boyfriend. I think he was okay at first, and then there ended up being lots of craziness for that. By this time, my my real mom was living in New York, like upstate New York, and she actually went to live with her for, it was either a, uh, a school year or a semester. But she went to school to um, she went to nursing school and she went to at least a semester, maybe two semesters in upstate New York with with our mom. And she actually met the sister. But she lived with her for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she lived. She lived there for at least six months, if not a year, um, because she and what what became your relationship with your mom in your 20s? Um. Actually, uh, when I was, um, okay. Um, my mom killed herself when I was 19. Oh, wow. So my, my birthday's in May. My sister had met this boy and was planning on getting married in July. And then I had met a boy in college and we were going to get married in August. And my mom was, um, intending to come to, I think she was, she thought she could come to my sister's wedding, but she thought she was going to come to mine. And anyway, so when I got to talk to her at the beginning of June, um, after my, like a week or so after my birthday, and she told me how she knew she wasn't a good mom and that she knew she'd never been there for me and that she was really sorry. <sighs> sorry for the way that things turned out in my life and that she really, she really did love me and that she always loved me, but she just couldn't be a mom. And she just, that wasn't like, she couldn't be there for me and whatever. And then on June 19th, she, she worked like evening shift, night shift at a behavioral health place. And she took her daughter, the who was five at that time, to the babysitter and went back to her house and took a whole bunch of pills and never woke up. (laughs) That is painful. 
When she called you and, and did those apologies, did that mean anything to you or, or what? How did you um, rationalize that? When it was happening, I thought that she was trying to get herself together and that she was trying to, you know, figure out her life and how she was going to, you know, like how she was going to be in the rest of my life. And afterwards, like looking back, once she killed herself, it was her trying to tie up loose ends, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what they call it when you're getting ready to kill yourself and you're reconciling yourself with all the people you hurt in your life so that, I don't know. Goodbye amends. Make amends. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that out, that that had happened? I was at the Dairy Queen in Shawnee, um, and I think that my sister called me and told me that our mom had died. And the first thing that, I don't, I don't know, have you ever just had a thing that come, that like happens to you and it's like all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my God, now I'm, Yeah. well, mine was, oh my God, now I'm an orphan. Yeah. Is what I mean because you know my mom's always there, so I'm I have parent, I have a parent, they're not dead, so I'm not an orphan. And then all of a sudden, I'm an orphan. Did you listen to was... Eva's episode, the one where uh, her dad was murdered by her stepmom? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that yeah. was her first thought, the exact same thought you just had when it's her crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and it's like it's like, I mean, and that's what I said out loud. My aunt is right there beside me, and I said oh my God, I'm an orphan now. And her first thing was, her first thought to me was, as long as I'm alive, you're not an orphan. You know, she was, she'd always been there for me and always like she stepped in to that mom role for me and became. Thank God you had her. Yeah. Because you know what, that's what your little sister didn't have. I mean, the one who you, yeah. 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 So my, my little sister that was five when my mom killed herself lived with her dad, who obviously we know is not a good guy yeah. because he's the one who was selling drugs off of our dining room table. My older sister tried to get custody of my little sister, but they kind of made it all look like my older sister was was a problem. And so my little sister went and lived with her dad. And I think he was remarried to someone else too. And shortly after my mom died, I talked to her a couple of times on the phone. I never met her. But I talked to her and she was she was like five and six when I like probably two or three times when she and then they they moved from upstate New York to to Arizona and I lost track of them. And by then I was married and I got married when I was 19. Are you still with that guy? No, I mean, I'm not shocked. but (laughs) No, no. But I have a beautiful, wonderful child that's from that marriage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And is that your only child or did you then? No, I have two. Okay. I have two. Um, I, I don't know what happened to my younger sister. She just, she, I don't know. It's, it's terrible when you don't have any kind of support system at all. Yeah. And then the people that do take care of you aren't, aren't great. So I don't know. And then, um, let's see, I've completely and totally lost my train of thought. Well, we were kind of at the point where. Your mom's killed herself. You now find love. You you have a child. How did you how did you end up finding out though that your sister had killed herself? A couple of years ago, like in 2019, my grandfather had a cousin 
or something like that. Anyway, he had uh, passed away and he had a little bit of an estate. And so this lawyer was looking for all of the, all of my mom's family. So in the process of finding my sister and I, they found my other sister through that lawyer looking for family was how I found out that my, my little sister died. Oh my God. So you didn't know till like four years ago. Nope. Nope. Wow. It was shocking. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. Is your aunt still alive? The one who ended up raising you? She got cancer in, she was diagnosed in January of 2010 and she fast passed away in November of 2011. That's quick. Yeah. But she, she started chemotherapy in July and the, and finished that in like September of 2010. So I, I was getting divorced from my second husband and had a child that was five. My had a five-year-old at the time. And my grandmother was moving in with my mom and I was alone with my my ex, second ex-husband was not a good guy, and I had to move away from Missouri to get away from him. And so, I mean, he w- he didn't hurt me or anything. He just was very, like, he moved about a mile away from me with his new girlfriend, and it was bad stuff. So I moved in with my grandma and my mom, and my daughter and I all lived together. And that's I got to live with her for four years before she passed away in New Orleans. And that was actually pretty wonderful because my youngest daughter got to have a really good relationship with my my aunt mm-hmm. and my grandma and that was probably one of the best things that I've ever done for her is she got to have some really wonderful relationships with her her basically grandma and great grandma yeah. so it was pretty awesome and then everybody dies so that's kind of the story of my life. Everybody dies. How old are your kids now? My oldest one is 32. She was born in 1990. And my youngest one is 20. Okay. She was born in 2002. And they each one have a different dad. And Is there anything that you haven't talked about that you wanted to share? Um, you know, you know your story better than I can ask. Well, I think basically the... The moral, and I don't know, the point of this story is that sometimes things that are really horrible happen, but if you have the right people in your life, it's okay. And I I tell you, like going through my life, everything, you just take everything as it comes. And then at some point it like blindsides you and you, and it's crazy and you, you have to try to deal with it. And I've, I've been in therapy probably for years yeah, that was my trying to, to deal with all of this stuff. And it's like, I still have lots of abandonment issues and I have lots of like, I, I just, I feel like, I don't I don't know. Like it, it seems like just when you get over one thing, there's another thing that happens. And I can tell you that things that happen to you as a grown up are a whole lot harder than things that happen to you as a kid. And I don't know. Um, but that the stuff that happens to you as a kid though stays with you and it's what it's forms your it's, yes. abilities to and, react and as an adult. It does. Yeah, you're right. It does. And one of the things that I learned to do as a child that has really helped me as a grown up is when I'm in the middle of things, I can completely dissociate myself from situations and just deal with what I have to deal with. 
and then go back and deal with, you know, because like when you're a kid and things are happening around you, you can either decide that it's that it's either the world that's crazy or you're crazy. Okay. And it's a whole lot easier to think that you're crazy and that you're the problem than the whole world being the problem. So if you can take yourself out of something and, you know, like put everything into a little ball, I don't know, a little case, then it's more manageable. And so that's, that's pretty much what I do. And then when I get to place a place where I can sit down and stop and think about things and deal with them, that's how, you know, I don't know that I've ever really dealt with anything. I mean, it sounds like you've dealt with it. I mean, if you're facing it and talking about it, that's dealing with it. You're not shutting down. Yeah. You're not numbing it. Being able to say everything you just said is dealing with it. It's true. It's true. So, favorite restaurant. Yeah. Favorite restaurant. It's such a pivot. (laughs) I know. I know, I know. Okay, so in Overland Park, there's this place called Holy Land Cafe. I'm glad you didn't say Dairy Queen, by the way. Because it was such a theme of the story. If you had just been like my favorite restaurant, Dairy Queen. My favorite restaurant, Dairy Queen, and I like a pizza. (laughs) No. Um, It's Holy Land Cafe, and they have the very best hummus that I have ever had anywhere. As a matter of fact, since I've been there to have their hummus, I can't even eat the store-bought hummus. It's gross. Amazing. I learned how to make it myself, and it's really good. Okay. And then also, like, uh, there's the, what are those things, the little chickpea balls called? I I don't know. Chickpea balls. Mm. Like, are they fried? Yeah. All right, fried chickpea balls. Get those too. <laughs> Update, it was falafel. I don't know why neither of us could figure that out in the moment. And, and the gyro meat's good too. Okay. It's good stuff. Okay. It's everything there. Anything you get there is going to be fantastic. Well, thank you so much for doing this. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.